Welcome to Earth's Mightiest Weirdos. Gentlemen, how are you doing tonight? Good. Good. Good, Good to be here. Good. <laughs> this, we're doing a little bit of a different format this week to accommodate everybody's schedule. So we're going to re be reviewing the Falcon and Winter Soldier episode four, which is entitled The World is Watching. We're doing this in a private YouTube video, so the world is not exactly watching until we publish <laughs> this for the world on Monday night, I believe. Is that correct, Mark? That is correct. Perfect. So I just I just got the irony of that, that the world is literally not watching us tonight. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay, because the world can come back and find us wherever you find your podcast or on YouTube Monday night. For the first time, I think since we've officially had Earth's Mightiest Weirdos with our cartoonish cart faces and everything we've got all four of the earth's mightiest weirdos plus an additional one mr Dwayne willie how you doing tonight Dwayne? i'm great thanks for having me guys it's gonna be good. fun good to see you mark how are you doing to marky mark how are you doing i'm doing good uh you know we had avengers campus we had falcon and winter soldier so it's a good week for marvel stealing a little thunder from us ethan how are you doing the wolf <laughs> of main street himself I'm good. I'm glad to be back. I, I feel oh, like I'm so good I, to see you. <laughs> I feel like I've missed you guys. I I always enjoy giving my perspective of these these the shows and episodes. So it'll be a lot of fun. I'm excited to be here. I'm excited for the conversation because I know you're not as high on this show definitely than you were on WandaVision. So I'm curious to get into it. And then man in the San Francisco Baymax t-shirt there himself, Mark Valentine. How you doing, Mark? Ba la 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 la. I'm doing very well. So for those of you that are watching us right now on YouTube, my apologies. It's I'm getting an error message here in StreamYard that says, we're sorry that YouTube does not support comments in private videos. So for those of you, you notice that I'm chatting on the separate computer here to engage you. Let me know your comments as you're watching, and then I will read them live to everyone here on air. My apologies, guys, that I can't pull them up for the video version of this. But uh, I will be the man, uh, the man with the plan here that I'm going to be watching my, my screen on the left to pull up any of your comments, type them in the comments that you see on the screen, and then I'm going to read them live on air for Brian. We do have a few VIPs that did join the event tonight. If you didn't get the VIP invite, make sure you're part of this Diz Life podcast Facebook group so you can get those types of invites and a lot more information on that coming in the future. Uh, but first and foremost, Marky Mark alluded to it. Uh, before we get into Falcon and Winter Soldier, gentlemen, we got a gigantic Disney Parks announcement this week. Avengers Campus, as represented on Marky Mark's t-shirt, officially opens on June 4th, 2022 at Disney's California Adventure. Has anybody not been to Disneyland in this panel? Ethan, Dwayne, Mark. I I'm the only one that's been to Disneyland. You're it, man. You're oh, it, wow. Man. That's insane, especially wow. for this group of people. That's insane. <laughs> so it's replacing the Bugs Land out there. It's going to be a great addition to the Guardians of the Galaxy mission breakout that is already out there. Some of the pictures we got of that Quinjet, the Avengers oh, building with the yeah. Guardians Tower behind, like, Oh, man. The, so, the, cool. so it's going to open up in two phases. So the Avengers attraction is not ready. Uh, but the web. Uh, so we say it's MCU news. It's not really MCU news. They're not canonizing the land. It's just a tribute to the land. It's not part of any particular storyline, which I like. With Galaxy's Edge, they made it a part of the storyline, which kind of boxes it in from being able to grow and breathe. And so Avengers Campus is not part of the storyline, but we are going to have Tom Holland, Spider-Man back. Um 
if you watch the Imagineering story, you've seen the Spider-Man animatronic that swings. Um, There's a lot of cool stuff. I'm most excited about a, the the PIM test kitchen. I know if you've ever listened to United We Fan, I don't eat a lot, but that, that stuff looks really, really cool. And then the Dr. Strange nighttime, specifically going at nighttime to see that magic show. That's going to be really cool. Is there anything anybody else is excited about Avengers campus? Uh, having never been to Disneyland, yes. Just all of it? <laughs> all of it, yeah. All of it. Seeing it, yeah. <laughs> I, it's going to border right up against Cars Land, too, so you can knock them both out right away. Go ahead, Marky Mark. I mean, I'm not going to lie. The whole Build-A-Droid experience at Galaxy's Edge, it's really cool, but it was never really for me. But I tell you what, the build a spider droid, yeah, man, I'll, I'll probably even buy the yard <laughs> backpack to carry it in. Good Lord. Yeah. Yeah. So, so Brian, to, sorry, man. So, so to catch up with Facebook, uh, and, and again, we're having a little bit of an issue. We're trying to make this really interactive for our VIPs. Uh, but Patrick Walsh says, RIP Heimlich's choo-choo train. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, as a non-Disneyland oh, guy, I don't. I I'm so, assuming that has some significance. I'd love just to hear Frankie's thoughts on that. Picture the slowest train possible and have it shaped like Heimlich eating a leaf, and then it just goes in a circle. It was <laughs> the dumbest, wonderful thing ever. And Frankie, Frankie, Frankie's all about it. Frankie's in the chat saying he's been to Disneyland. So right now we have uh, Patrick. We have Patrick Walsh. Frankie is with us, and Esther Jones is hanging out with us as VIPs tonight. So Hi, Esther. Perfect. That's who we've got hanging out with us. Perfect. Hopefully we have a few more join. I know a couple other people got the link as well. But gentlemen, let's move into it. The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. The world is watching. So overall thoughts on the episode. Let's start with Ethan. I'm very interested to see what Ethan has to say about this show so we don't sh- so he doesn't sugarcoat any of it. Yeah. I I'm going to try not to sugarcoat it because I I have not been the biggest advocate or fan of this show. Um, I wasn't here last week to give my full thoughts on last week's episode, but I'll, I'll keep it to really minimum dialogue, which I think they need to take a little bit of a hint or a cue from. Um, I just haven't been able to like care too much about these characters from a perspective of, uh, I just like, I cared about them in uh, like infinity war civil war like i cared about them i i wanted to know more about them and now that i do i guess i just don't really care <laughs> as much as i thought that i would so you oh, wish you God. only had the first date and not a second date with them yeah like the I, first date was kind of nice interesting cool. the yeah. characters i cared about they're giving me plenty more to care about but i can see what you're saying about I I am out on Carly Morgenthau. I'm I'm out, man. Like yeah. she just isn't she isn't she isn't catching me. Mark Valentine, you were not enjoying what Ethan was saying. Dude, I Sorry. so I, I think I worked in reverse with this that I, I said it was in our first week that I said Sam I felt was very underrepresented in the MCU prior to it. I never really felt connected with Sam as a character. This has made me absolutely love him. Like give that man the shield now like i apologize sam i was wrong i i wanted bucky to hold the shield first and i was a hundred percent wrong sam needs that shield in his hands i i love him uh i i've said this 900 times too 
get a lightsaber in the hand of Sebastian Stan. Would you, that this is not Babu's freaking <laughs> podcast. I know, but I, so I, uh, but I just love Sebastian Stan so much. And we're going to talk, we'll talk about it in a minute, but that opening, Ethan, that opening sequence, when he's getting deprogrammed, how do you not, how do you tell me you don't care about him anymore? That that's was, my, that's my favorite scene of the entire series. That so scene good. was like incredible watching the flashback. Man. So, no, no, I, I, I have to ask, and we, I want to discuss this now while we're on the topic. What has happened in this show that has gotten you to the point where you didn't want Sam over Bucky? Now you want Sam over Bucky. I, there hasn't been anything from Sam yet, other than that opening action sequence. Seeing Sam's temperament, getting his backstory, seeing his life with his sister, seeing the struggle, seeing the hardship, the juxtaposition of him set with Isaiah realizing from that perspective of, and even feeling somewhat guilty and self guilting myself that I, I didn't know if I saw him as a, as a captain America. And, uh, and, and some of that was also very much rooted with me in the, in the comics of knowing that Bucky was the, the, the next the, guy, the next guy and the successor loving Sebastian Stan. But more of that was just feeling like Sam was again, just really underrepresented in the MCU prior. Now that I've gotten to see him, see his personality, see his struggle, see his life, see his temperament. And then going back and watching the first Avenger, seeing the scene prior to, to uh, Steve Rogers becoming a super and talking about the man and saying like, you know, don't, don't, don't lose who you are. And then realizing that Sam has the right temperament. It's why he was given the shield. It wasn't because of the relationship that he had, you know, and, and it, it was more about, he was the right guy to take the shield over. And even that little, that little sequence, we'll get into this later where Zemo says, have you been offered the serum? No. If you were offered it, would you take it? No, no hesitation. Which is exactly the opposite of, of what even Lamar Hoskins said yeah we'll, correct we'll, we'll get into that those Mark, kind of, oh, i was, sorry, go I, was ahead. I, I was just going to say those those character traits and the character development that sam has gotten his quiet humble leadership has really made me come around on him as he is the appropriate man to don the shield he will bring honor back to that shield cuz the shield is stained that's why uh, quite literally marky mark I think uh, you you said this could be your favorite episode. You said that in our private chat. I still think I give the edge to episode two. This episode's really, really good, though. I just liked it a lot, the different emotions of it. And then I know I brought up in an earlier episode how I wanted to know what happened to that Sam that did the group counseling sessions from Winter Soldier, and we got to see it. We got to see why he's a leader on the sidelines and on the field. And I loved every minute of that scene. Mm -hmm. I, man, I knew that John Walker was going to ruin that. And I was just like, no, don't ruin this moment. Cause it was also a chance for me to try to like Carly. Um, I, Carly, was it Carly? How do you Morgenthau. say that? Morgenthau. Morgenthau. Thank you. Morgan Thau, Thau or Thar, whatever. They Carly. say it both ways on the show. It doesn't matter. 
I know it's not a Kevin Feige phage meme <laughs> again, um, but I I want to like her character. I want to like her. Um, I was unfortunately that character when I watched Solo when her big reveal came, and I'm like, I feel like this is a moment, but I am not getting what this moment is happening right now. So I was paying a lot more attention to Warwick Davis in the same scene. Oh. So I'm I'm trying to get it's into her in this show. It's just not working. Even Sharon Carter um, hasn't quite grabbed me yet. Just call her so, the power broker. It is a done deal. Listen, we would all listen. Let's face it. We would all like Sharon Carter to grab us a little bit more than she is. <laughs> but Ryan. <laughs> Anyways, this, this isn't uh, the views reflected in this podcast do not reflect everybody on this show. <laughs> Holy so, cow, that was aggressive. I, I think the show, each episode, grabs me more and more. Zemo, I loved seeing him in Civil War, and I'm glad that this show is giving us more to him, more than just a guy who tilts his head and says some really smart things. Thank you, Sam, for calling him out for that. Um, Ryan, look at that. Oh, my God. I get the Zemo cut, man. The Zemo they gave cut. us the Zemo cut last now, week. Zemo cut. Look at that. DC inspiring, inspiring so many different cuts for things. But yeah, I the last episode, it went from probably the weakest episode to I got to think about it. But yeah, going from the weakest episode to my favorite episode almost. And yeah, they didn't they didn't change a ton from their from their tactics from last week to this week. It was a lot of dialogue in both episodes. Mm -hmm. This episode was a lot better thought out, in my opinion, Dwayne. Our special guest. What'd you think of it? I think you're probably the resident with the most views. That's my yeah. guest. Yeah. I, I actually really enjoyed this episode. Um, I, I'm i with you, Marky Mark. I think this is probably my favorite episode. Um, again, kind of close. But this one, I actually liked some of the dialogue. That same scene that you were talking about with, uh, with Sam and Carly. I really liked that scene. I and I I knew we all knew it was going to happen. The new cap was going to run in, uh, but I enjoyed that that whole scene. Even prior to the two of them talking, when she's doing the the you know the monologue, basically uh, the eulogy, and then the two of them talking, I enjoyed that a lot. I really liked um, the scene we talked about a little bit ago, where uh, Zemo and Sam are talking. And I completely agree that now, and exactly for the same reasons that Mark was saying, um, I can see uh, Sam holding the shield because of the virtue that's in Sam, the person yeah. that he is. And that's why, and that's why he deserves the shield. That being said, I also completely love Bucky, White Wolf, whatever yeah. you want to call him, you know, and uh, I, I, I'm all in on Bucky. And I think that this has been a, it's been a really cool episode or not just episode, but whole series for him. But this episode, I think you see a couple of different sides of him. And I so, like that. So Dwayne, let's, let's get into the episode now. Let's start right there with you talking about Bucky. Bucky is free. We start in Wakanda Bucky and Io, as I said, my favorite scene of the series by quite a bit so far. Yeah, I absolutely loved it. Uh, immediately when they when they go, uh, you know, that we're going six years back and we're going to Wakanda, I was like, 
rock on. I needed Com- to see the, with the soundtrack and everything. Yeah. It was like, it was something that we all needed to see. And, uh, when, you know, he's sitting there, you know, and the fire's going and IO's talking to him and, you know, the tears start to run down his face, you know, and he's like, it's not going to work, you know, and just that emotions of all of that as she's calling out the code words. Um, I just thought that was, I mean, that scene was intense, it's you know, powerful. Yeah. and it was, yeah. it was, it was so powerful to see that. And then to see, I, there was like a moment right after he realizes and she says, you know, you are free yeah. where, he, you know, the tears are running down his face and you could almost, it was almost like a cry and a chuckle, you know, like she says freight car and the realization sets in that he, that he didn't, that yeah. he didn't fall into it. It's, it was so, it was perfect. awesome. It was amazing. Yeah. Excellent. Mark Valentine, go ahead. So let's, uh, everything that he just said, absolutely. So I'm going to, let me use this the second to, to get caught up a little bit with the audience. Frankie said, Sebastian Stan's intensity in that opening scene was incredible. So you could good. see the relief in his face in that he's now completely free from Hydra's control. That, that was it. Fra- so Frank, like, just like Frankie and Dwayne just said, mm-hmm. the way that uh, Sebastian Stan performed in that scene, combined with the music and the imagery from the prior films, and then the the cry that then organically went into a, a laugh when mm-hmm. he when the weight was lifted that he realized no longer is he going to respond with like you know ready to comply he is not the winter soldier anymore like the programming is broken it was a beautiful scene um it was a really great redemption for him it was a great place to see his character go and it was obviously a flashback to his time it spent in wakanda as the white wolf um, really, really great stuff. It's what it's again, what Mark and I talked about all the time for people who say that these shows are just carnivals or they're just spectacles. Do you go and watch that scene? Look at the scene work, look at the acting that takes place there. And I respectfully disagree with you, Mr. Scorsese. These yeah. movies have really great genuine scene work that's being done in them. I'm sorry that if it doesn't fit your, your sort of yeah. definition of fine cinema, but I that was called them amusement parks. Yeah. I think that's yeah. the term he used. That I mean, was my, score and everything. Yeah. That was, that was my favorite scene of the series thus far. And that's why the Ethan, I, re, I respectfully disagree that those are the kind of scenes that make me care about these characters more than I ever did. Did this land with you, Ethan? Um, yeah, no, it did. And I, I, I don't want to take like have my initial thoughts be like that. I, hate, no, 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 you're, hate you're this, good. Hate, you're hate good. the series. Uh, I, I, I don't I didn't I don't dislike it and I definitely enjoyed the scene. I thought that it was a great storytelling piece. I thought it was a great way to figure out and learn a little bit about what he was doing in Wakanda for all that time. And I I found it really um empowering that, you know, um the woman was like ready to take on anything that could have come. I thought that was really like pretty cool to see. We find uh, out quite later that she's very quite capable of handling that and, yeah. in any way, shape, especially or when he only that. has one arm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> Which, but uh, no, it, it definitely hit me. I could definitely, you know, feel the emotion that was coming out of um, Sebastian Stan in this scene. And I think, I think the other thing too that I I I just struggle with here with this with this series is I I just haven't. I just haven't had that moment where I'm I, I'm latched on. Like I, I there's something that's something that's dragging me in. I, 
I just feel like I'm continually getting lost or, or something's happening and there's, there's just too much dialogue maybe for me to really grasp onto things. But this scene was definitely a good one for sure. Marky Mark, anything that you thought that hasn't been said yet? I think that scene was one of the most powerful scenes we've seen in the MCU. Um, and it wasn't even that long. Like, I think that was the great thing about it. And you just, it, he didn't even have to say much. It was just in his reactions and his words. Um, but did anyone else kind of get a little flirt vibe right in the beginning? She kind of, man. I have I, another I, friend who said that too. I didn't pick up on that, but you're not the literal up. only one. It's in the beginning, right before she starts and she's like, I won't let that, like she gave him a look and then like, I, I thought she did like a little lip press and like right away I was like, <laughs> are, you, are you hitting on him? Like right before the, like this campfire moment? All right. And then just the moments between them when they're in the streets, I, I know people are probably going to be like, doesn't it have that like, just cause like they don't have to have a relationship like that. They could just be mutual respect. But I feel like there were different points where she was disappointed in him in a way, not just a friend kind of disappointed in his actions, but kind of in a romantic way. So I, I think there's something, something there. Um, and, you know, maybe, maybe the white wolf makes her go Wakanda forever, you know, who knows, but just anyways, getting back to the scene, I think it's a, I man, I thank think God, a, thank God we're private tonight. That's all I'm gonna. I know. Say. I I think it's a great scene, and it started it off. It started everything off right there, and I I'm glad we had it. I think had this been a movie, I don't know if we would have had that scene. And I there's so many times during the show that I'm like, oh man, well, would you we we've had that moment or would they've just summed it up with a couple of lines. So I'm glad we had that scene. There's nothing that hasn't been said about the campfire scene specifically. So I want to talk about them in the street real fast. They, they give you a storyline reason as to why it's IO showing up and not just bringing in Denai Guerrera or Shuri or anybody, Okoye, nobody like that. It's you're bringing in IO because she has this relationship with Bucky. She, she's not happy that he busted Zemo out but she's ending up willing to trust him and give him eight hours. We see that they're very capable. They don't have to give him any time whatsoever. She's giving him eight hours to get what he needs to done. And she calls him the white wolf. There's that mutual respect. So when she calls him James later on, it cuts deep. The mm -hmm. The pure joy that he has when he's free is he gets that look on his face in the exact opposite when she calls him James later on, when his arm falls off, we'll, we'll talk about that scene, but moving on, we, we, we get a little bit more um, just real quick dialogue that I don't want to spend a lot of time on, but we, we check in with the flag smashers. They're talking about the patch act, which is going to speed up the reestablishment of borders and trying to get the world back to everything that it need needed to. And Sam talked a lot in this episode specifically about something I'd never considered of, of these people that had been refugees or poor or anything before this, they've now been invited to these countries to simply build up the economies and build up the communities back then. And then when everybody else shows back up, they just get kicked to the curb and the patch act is trying to speed that up. So you, you can see a lot of that, that empathy and sympathy that Sam has for, for the flag smashers. And that's really, really interesting. Marky Mark, did you have something there? I mean, I, 
It just looked like you leaned in. If you don't have anything, that's 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 fine. No, no, no. I I I loved everything about the scene with Sam and trying to show that there's two sides to every story. I mean, even um, Steve Rogers said it when they were talking about Wanda and Quicksilver there in um, Age of yeah. Ultron. What you kind know, of crazy? What kind of crazy person would allow a German scientist to uh, yeah. perform experiments yeah. on him? Yeah. So, I love to. I love that they reminded people that you know don't look at something face value. So I loved that scene. Scenes. Moving on to our next topic. I brought my Turkish delight. <laughs> so, um, Mark, if you can do me a favor, check make sure we're not missing much in the uh, in the comments section. We're we're good. We got we got Perfect. really quiet for a second, guys. Again, if you have any questions or just general comments, VIPs, hit us up in the comment section. Let us know. We want to. We want to get your viewpoints on air, and we want to. Uh, we want to discuss or or even debate. If you don't like one of our takes, please let us know. So we've got. We spend the next few minutes hashing out who Donya Madani is. Something that, in my opinion, we should have hashed out last week. I think that was one of the biggest misses of last week's um, episode of of trying to ha hash out this character that tries to give Carly some sort of empathetic moment the one that could be Carl, Carly's moral compass. Um, we get we get Zemo singing Baba Black Sheep, which is <laughs> terrifying, just absolutely terrifying. But finding out and just everybody kind of fleeing the room. Ethan, was there anything about this Donya Madani and and chasing her down that that didn't work for you or, or did? Um, not necessarily. I mean, Z Zemo in, in, in and of itself is such an interesting character. Um, I think he's probably the one that I've sort of shifted my attention towards. If he's that makes so, sense. He's been so good. He's he been really great. has. Um, he, he has a certain like aura about him as when he enters a room, when he, I mean uh, the, the classic, like three of them walking into anything is, I don't know. It's a little bit much almost for me. I think it's a little overdone at this point, but it's like entourage. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's like, I, here, I loved watching them walk down the street. Though. That was cool. Slow you know? it's like, <laughs> yeah, but uh, Zemo's yeah. coat game is always on point. Yes, so. that is very true. But no, this this particular scene didn't do like a whole lot for me. Um, but I will say that of the characters that that we're watching right now, Zemo has been the one that. I've been very intrigued by. I I remember him from the previous film, um, so he's been really fun to watch. I think it seems like this that kind of have dragged the the show down just a little bit for me. We didn't need to see Sam go into six rooms and have everybody evacuate. We could have just done that in one room and kind of mm -hmm. sped up the scene a little bit. Right. Um, because the important part and what Zemo's end game here, no pun intended, but to tell that girl that every like he's just playing everything so close to the vest, just just his information. Mark Valentine, anything that stood out to you here? I, lo I love the way he used he used his information as leverage. Uh, mm -hmm. He's using, uh, we'll, we'll talk about this later, He's I, I think he's got something in his possession that he's going to use as leverage again later. Um, it was really creepy. Uh, Frankie's saying, they, they're saying that Baba Black Sheep was picked up intentionally, or was picked intentionally. Um, really creepy. The only thing missing from that scene was like the white van. That he was like a very like he was a creeper in that yeah. in that scene, and it Frankie, also if you, can, if you can expand on that, Frankie, I'm curious what you yeah. mean exactly yes, why yes. it was why it was intentional. It uh, it also reminds you that while we uh, we like him at times and like we laugh and we love the Zemo cut, he still very much is a despicable person. He's a villain. 
So that scene with him singing Bob Bell Black Sheep and almost extorting the children to get the information that he desires reminds us Zemo will stop at nothing to accomplish his goal and, and his intended, you know, the, the outcome that he wants. He will see it through. He'll do anything he can. He'll shoot a man in the head. And mm -hmm. that was like, let's not gloss over that. That like Sam's like, right. you shot him and he kind of, he starts to parse words <laughs> and... <laughs> ahead, Mark. He, he may or may not whatever legality yeah he may or may not have i, I man despicable's harsh i love him Dwayne, anything uh anything standing out to you here the turkish um, delight candy how did the turkish yeah. delight candy not fall through that handle in the seat <laughs> you know i thought that same thing too when he dumped it out why none yeah. of it fell through but I, I actually i just thought it was really i thought it was really cool um Again, he steals that whole scene, you know, obviously that yeah. scene, you know, because the rest of it, like you said, could have been done in three seconds. But uh, he's the he's the main part of that scene. And I, I also found it interesting, you know, when he's like, hey, you see those guys over there. Don't trust them. They're bad guys, you know, and then gives them all the candy and gets the information and goes on. Um, I'm like, Mark, I feel like he's constantly he has leverage in one way or the other. He's three he's, steps ahead of everybody. He's always got the next move. Exactly. He's always got leverage. He's always got an idea. He always knows what's going to happen next. You know, so I, I really enjoy that. I like that. He's he's fun. Yeah. So um, let's uh, let's move on to our next our next topic here. Um, I believe. Yeah. So uh, they, we see a, an interesting conversation between Carly and, and another flag smasher says today's heroes don't have the luxury of keeping their hands clean. That's how they're viewing the shield. Like them having a conversation of kind of idolizing Steve Rogers and Captain America was really, really interesting. Um, but today's heroes don't have the luxury of keeping their hands clean. That's not the right mentality. Like, right. and it seems to be that John Walker subscribes to that theory as well. Sam doesn't subscribe to that theory. Sam, Sam, and this is, this is what was so great about the prison break scene last week is Bucky does what needs to be necessary. He still views Sam as Captain America. Captain America can't be seen busting somebody out of jail. Like Sam had nothing to do with that. Sam's kind of keeping his hands clean because he's got Bucky willing to, willing to take that extra step. But this was just really interesting to me, but Carly Morgenthau being the, the, the next Captain America, no, no thanks, man. Like, <laughs> I mean, she's, she's drastic and that's kind of the point. She, I mean, she's, she's another version of John Walker, but. Well, luckily I, uh, that, luckily that, that philosophy got stomped out of the world, literally. Fairly quickly. The yeah. only one, the only one that had that, that sentiment is now gone. We don't have to worry about Carly being a fanned over anymore. Fair enough. We'll move it on to the, the next topic again, not to spend a ton of time on, on, on more dialogue, but we get into, and we're going to start with Marky Mark. You talked a lot about this scene already. Um, there was a couple things about the scene that didn't personally land with me. I do like that Sam slowly walked in. They, they, they meet John Walker and, and Lamar Hoskins in the street. They go in, they slowly walk in and Carly recognizes that Sam's not barging in like others would. Um, but she keeps looking up at Sam. How does nobody else in this funeral service even like follow her eye gaze? Like, I, I don't know, whatever, but, um, I like Sam's approach with everything. So Marky Mark, you, uh, you talked about this scene and kind of why it landed with you. What did you enjoy about it? Did anyone else, you brought up John Walker and them walking in the streets. 
did anyone else when they see him with the shield walking in the street it kind of looks like a kid wearing a halloween costume but especially when, without his helmet I don't like it took me out of the moment when I watched it the first viewing and then especially the second viewing I'm like you look like a cosplayer Mm -hmm. and nothing against cosplayers I love cosplayers I hope someone even writes a musical one day out there called a cosplayer story I think it'd be great but I should write that that could be a good podcast promo (laughs) cosplayer the musical Mark Palatin. <laughs> um, I'll, anyway. I'll star. I'll star in it. There you go. Um, but anyways, um, I God, it just took me out of the moment and made me just realize I don't see him as captain. But anyways, going back to the topic, um, their their dialogue needed to happen. Um, we needed to show that Sam is not just about throwing fists and clever remarks. Um, he can talk to you. He can help solve world problems with his words. That's what makes him a good man is that he can do that. And even, and it didn't even, there's something calming about him mm-hmm. right away. She, she was like, all right, let's do this. Let's talk. And he even got her kind of realizing some of her like initial responses mm-hmm. weren't the best, weren't the best thoughts to have. Mm-hmm. And she's like, you tricked me into saying that. Yeah. yeah you're trying to trick me. And he's like, like he gave that mom look of, did I, (laughs) but you said it. Yeah. You said it. I didn't do anything. It's legitimately Sam's superhero or his superpower. Like he's, he's a negotiator. I, I would have loved to have seen, he planted a seed. Obviously we see it later in the episode that he planted a seed. She knows he's a good man, even though John Walker tried to derail all that, but she knows he's a good man. And I think that scene was great to show that he he can help save problems with his words. And we were reminded of what he, that's how we first met him. Like, obviously we saw him running. Don't go too literal with me. But our first real scene with him was in that group meeting session. We got to see him. Yep. Ethan, you talk about a lot of dialogue in this show. Did this one work for you? Again, not really. Ethan, I, I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna probably have like a really hot take here. You guys are talking a lot about how Sam should be Captain America, and he's the leader. And I just have not gotten that like real sense. For of those not watching as a VIP, we have the hot take imaging on the screen. Yeah, I, I just, I'm sorry. I just don't. <laughs> I'm just so confused because of... you watched WandaVision, which was full of dialogue and expositions and ex- like so much dialogue. And it, yeah, I'm just trying to I, figure out why that I, worked. I was, I was much more captivated than I was with this. This just drags and the dialogue drags. I thought this would maybe be more. You don't have to apologize, man. Everybody's yeah, got no, their own no, thing. But no, We're all friends the real, here. The real, the, real, the real hot take here is I don't foresee i can't see sam as captain america right now okay. i just can't well he's not I, yet so that's what that's good i well no i know but i don't even know if he's got the capability of being that guy oh. i don't i don't get that sense so, i don't get that feeling i don't get that type of like rush um He's he's a great negotiator. He's a great talker. He's a great like explainer of feelings and things of that nature. But 
when it comes to actually leading into action, when it comes to putting a plan together in place or telling people what needs to get done, I don't get that vibe from him that he's going to be able to really do that. And to the best of his capability, he, he, to me sort of seems like the person who wants to do it on his own and, and hope that it works. I, I haven't gotten the feeling that he can do that in a collaborative sense, much like in a smaller, not as grand scale as Avengers Assemble or, or something like that. But yeah, I, I just Ethan, I haven't gotten that. So, so, you, so you don't Ethan, see it. Ethan, look down at me. Let me ask you something. Yes. <laughs> were you hoping this show this would be more action oriented? Or were you like, were you open to it? Or were you hoping for more action based shows? I was hoping for more action based, but I went into it with absolutely like. No, were you looking for a Michael Bay movie? Was that what you were looking no, for? No, not even that. <laughs> <laughs> Shots fired. <laughs> I just, I, I wasn't even hoping for that. I just have not been captivated by the show like I thought that I would, and it's been for me really disappointing. I think these next two episodes are gonna are gonna change that. Um, but so you, what you're saying is is you're like the the cop in Avengers and jumping all the way back to Phase One of. Steve says we need to do this, and who? Why should we listen to you? Right, and he beats the living crap out of everybody around, and then the cop does every everything Steve <laughs> told him to say. So you're waiting for that moment. From, I'm waiting. Yeah, Sam, that that's okay. maybe a great right. way to put it. I'm waiting for that moment where I see Sam really take action, really take charge, really make me feel like he does, like he deserves the shield. Like I, 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 I think we, I think we him. started to see it at the end of this episode. Sorry to interrupt you. Uh, I do want to yeah. revisit this. So Frankie, Frankie said, Brian, to er earlier to your call about the nursery rhyme. Frankie said, in the nursery rhyme, they're keeping the wool for those who can pay a high price for it, not for those who could really need it, which is happening with the Flag Smashers, if that makes any sense. Oh, so, man. Dude, I'm like that meme where the guy like points at his, at his temple. That's that's. That's pretty good. Thank you, Frankie. That's a great. Nice, that's yeah. Great. That's Very way cool. deeper than I even realized. So yeah, deep. he said he scored. He scored that one not on TikTok but on YouTube. And <laughs> he also, Frankie, also just weighed in on Ethan's hot take. He says, "Uh oh, look out, Ethan! Don't touch the MCU, Michael Bay. So keep your <laughs> explosions out, my MCU, Michael." Hey, we got plenty of explosions in the first episode, and we're gonna have more coming. Dwayne, Carly Morgenthau, and uh, and and. Sam Wilson, anything you got there for before we move on to it, Escape Artist Zemo? Just real quick, um, I agree with what Marky Mark said. Uh, we we and we brought it up earlier. I actually enjoyed that scene, and I think it just further um, gives you more background on Sam and who he is and the kind of person he is. So I enjoyed that. I think it also sets up, you know, a couple of scenes that are still to come that we haven't talked about yet really well. So. Well, with the help of Lamar Hoskins, they're able to talk down John Walker a little bit to give Sam 10 minutes. John Walker gets fed up. He even kind of gets into Bucky's mind a little bit, and Bucky kind of lets him go. Um, but Mark Valentine, we're going to start with you. The escape artist Zemo slips right out of those handcuffs, and John Walker causes havoc, and then Zemo finds Carly Morgenthau. There were elements of the episode that were very uh, they were telegraphed. I, I said this, I think, to Dwayne when I saw it. Mm -hmm. You know, you could you could foresee them. Uh, the minute that she pulled out the fanny pack from the grave, I said, "Okay, 
you know, one of these vials is going to fall on the floor. John Walker's going to get it. God knows who else is going to get it. Probably Zemo. There were elements that the minute that something would happen, it was so telegraphed that it was going to be undone. When he, when he handcuffs him to that boiler, the millisecond that that happened, I literally exclaimed to myself, like, you think that's going to hold Zemo? He's going to get away. And then there were two or three times in this episode that the man just got away. Despite that, I said to Dwayne, I felt that a lot of the episode, the outcome was very predictable once you got into those action sequences. Even still, it didn't bother me. I thought that I thought everything that was that was happening was really well executed. This is just going to be part of Zemo's personality. Like Zemo is an escape artist. He's he's slimy. Uh, he's a slippery dude. He is, uh, you know, th- that's his that's his superpower. Mm-hmm. Is that you underestimate him and you think that because he's not super that he's somehow less than. And Zemo will always subvert those expectations and he'll he'll beat you. He'll beat you at your own game. Yep. I don't know why the serum I'm, I'm with you. This was kind of a glimpse into what a lot of last week was for me, a lot of convenient storytelling. I don't know why the serum would be left unattended on a table like that. And then she would like, it, it just didn't make a ton of sense, but to see Zemo being a man of his code, he may be slimy. He may be despicable, but he has a moral code and he's stepping all over it. Literally. I think he was going to find that last vial if that uh, shield didn't come in and knock him out, knock him out cold. Uh, moving on to the next topic, um, we find that fi- that vial of serum on the floor. John Walker finds that serum, and it follows us up with a, a pretty uh, good conversation, actually, to me, of John Walker actually getting recognized out of costume, but John talking to Lamar Hoskins about, would you take the serum? Um, Marky Mark, was there anything in that? dialogue between those two that that was of interest to you i i knew at some point john walker's um moral compass was going to start to go i knew at some point Battlestar was going to die i didn't oh, I did. know I, that caught oh me wow really you called that, that? caught me off guard. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I didn't have that either some, i knew at some point storytelling wise he needed something to break him past in that the, final point. In the comics and, it was his parents, yeah. Mm-hmm. But my thing was, who is the only person that is constant? That woman in the beginning, we haven't seen her since. So Battlestar's been the really the only moral compass he's had who's talked him like down and things like that. I'm like, all right, so he's going to die at some point. Then when they had that chat, I was like, Oh no, it is going to be him that dies that breaks him. And when they had that talk, in my head I was like, all right, they're probably going to end the episode with him dying and then we're going to find out the repercussions. So I was a little I I was a little late on it when it was going to happen, spoiler. Um but that conversation you you also saw saw that Neither one of those men, though they are good men who have done a lot of good things in military service, they, they're they men. You know, They're human. They want to do more. They had said, what if we had that when we were on our missions? Like, who's to say if that was bad of them to want it for those reasons? Um, but just hearing that conversation, you could see that neither one of them is a saint. 
they had their motives for wanting it. They had their incentives. Um, obviously, none of them wanted it to be a major like athlete or anything like that. They wanted to do some good with that. But um, I honestly was surprised because it looked like John Walker had his doubts about it. He wasn't sold on taking it at first. I didn't think so. It wasn't until his sidekick was like, hell yeah, I would take it. You know, think about what we could accomplish with it and all that. And that's I when think it was hells yeah, I think is what he said. Yeah. I didn't know what our rating was. So I want to uh, know what went down in Afghanistan though. Did you not I, feel that way, Mark? Like with the with the when they were rehashing we the were, th three medals of honor? I thought we were gonna get that. I think we're still gonna get that. I I think it's, I think it's gonna be the next episode when they're laying into him and they're gonna be like, Do you think your past record? Like I I think we're gonna get flashbacks by it. they made too much of a point of it to not and i feel like some people might even say oh, we don't want this taken away from our story especially with only two episodes left but i think we're gonna get it i'm excited for it um i i i know i'm rambling and you're catching me monologuing but i think it was a good scene to set up both characters you got closure on battlestar to see what kind of person he was and I'm not going to lie, that scene, when he died, it hurt. But I think if we didn't have that scene, I would have felt more sympathy for him. I don't, man, I don't know how that's going to paint me, but his death didn't hit me as hard just because of how that scene went. Yeah, but every time we're discussing an on-screen death, you're always telling me that it's not as as bad as it could have been, like Yondu's Goose death. and Yondu. And, but but to, Ethan's, to Ethan's credit, uh, a criticism I do have of this show is a lot of the times they are letting the dialogue do the talking rather than showing us. Carly Morgenthau, I don't think we're ever going to see anything from her past. They're letting the dialogue do the talking. So maybe with John Walker, they're going to do the same thing. So I'm, I think we'll see the Afghanistan stuff. But we might not. But I know yeah. we're jumping ahead a little bit. This conversation between Battlestar and and um, I almost call them U.S. Agent John Walker. Uh, it, it happens a little bit later. But to see John Walker even have the doubts of wanting to take it, but it shows Lamar Hoskins still believes in John Walker, which was really really interesting because he seems to have found doubt quite regularly over the last couple of episodes. But he still believes in him, and and ultimately he's what he's what kind of pushes. John Walker over the edge. I know we've got a we've got a, a friend of the podcast here, um, Brian Ferguson. He said he wishes he had seen John Walker take that serum, and the way that it was revealed for me when he bent that pipe, yeah. I thought it was the perfect way to reveal. We um, found out his, like Sam did. I loved it. Yeah, yeah. So let's let's move on to our, our next topic, and I know we're going to talk about that Lamar Hoskins scene uh, death scene a little bit later too. Um, but Ethan, we'll start this one with you. This had to have worked for you. The Dora Milaje battle between John Walker and Battlestar and just, you're looking strong, John. Just yeah. all of that. Like, that scene. Oh, that man. Awesome. That is, this it, did it that. didn't tell me this worked. No, this worked. This Good. was this was fun to see. This was what I was, this was more along the lines of what I would have hoped that, like, the next couple of scenes would have been about and and, and brought into because, like, the, the moment that, they gave him like a whatever it was a 12 hour window or an eight hour window. I was like, Oh my God, what are we doing here? Like, let's go oh, get this guy. They're trusting him. That's what they were doing. Yeah. yeah. 
Maybe. <laughs> the Dora Milaje have jurisdiction wherever the Dora Milaje find yeah. themselves to be. <laughs> it was great. It really was yeah. a fun scene. It was fun to see um, because this scene happened shortly after they talked about the serum, and you could tell that that John Walker was at a point where he was like, man, if I, they didn't even have the serum. If I had the serum, I'd be strong. I'd be able to do, you know, deal with them. And, you know, you I can think tell he also he was, did not enjoy getting his butt kicked by a woman. I think course. that's a big part of it. Yeah. yeah. He, he definitely, his pride was hurt big time. And you they could warned see, them. They did. yeah, mm-hmm. you could see like very deeply, you know, within him, especially John, you, you could just tell that he was pissed. He was upset. And he he lost, and and he said, you know what? I don't want to lose anymore. What do I have to do to not lose? Because I think he's a sore loser, and that, to me, you know, sort of at that moment, I said, oh man, if he gets his hands on serum, this guy's gonna be bad, bad news. Mark Valentine, the Dora Milaje. Uh, all right. So before I get into my uh, CM Frankie says watching John Walker try to mansplain and touch Ao's shoulder, I thought, yeah, he is in trouble. <laughs> yeah, Frankie, good call on that. Well uh, said. Yeah, uh, I love Bri- that. Brian's a big fan of the scene. He says this is the best thirty-second fight scene of the show. Uh, Patrick says fun scene. I love John's reaction at the end. They weren't even super soldiers. Um, th- the dialogue in the scene it was just dripping with contempt from John Walker that he had. It makes him again that much more unlikable. The contempt that he has for the Dormelage that he calls them the pointy spears and the pointy mm-hmm. sticks. There was only one line of this entire episode that landed for me from John Walker, where I, almost everything that comes out of his mouth I despise. He had one quip in the middle of the fight with the flag smashers where he says, What's with all the knives? <laughs> that that I did snicker at a little bit. And it was the only thing that I think he's ever said that was somewhat funny or redeemable. Like When he speaks in the scene, it again just makes me realize how wrong that man is to be holding the shield. And that's that's why I knew once he took that, that serum that it was going to be a problem. He's when she throws the spear through the straps into the table. Dwayne, the Dora Milaje. Yeah, and I I guess the part I want to talk about is, you know, we were just talking about, you know, him having the conversation with Battlestar Lamar um, about the serum. To me, this is the moment that he knew. And chronologically, that conversation with Lamar actually happens after the Dora Milaje. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. He's got it in his pocket during this battle. This is the moment, though. To me, this is the moment when he knew that he was going to take the serum. He may have asked Lamar. He may have you know, gotten his, his thoughts on it. But I mm-hmm. feel like the second he got his butt whipped, I mean, and he got, I mean, he got beat down and we all saw it. And I think that's the moment when he, he was convinced oh, I'm taking the serum. Yep. So I loved that scene. And like Mark said, when, uh, <laughs> when Bucky's like, Hey, you're doing great, John. I just busted <laughs> out laughing. I was like, that's strong, John, because that is exactly, I mean, literally, Zemo's uh, in the corner just sipping his whiskey. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> that's hilarious to me. I've been there. I, f- I feel like I've, I've lived that scene before. I've been in places where something's going on and guys are doing just that same thing, laughing at two guys going at it. But, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, I, I loved that whole scene. And then, you know, as we move on, when um, Bucky, you know, and Io are kind of going back and forth, and obviously neither one of them wanting to hurt the other, but by the same token, kind of sparring a little bit, and she hits him in the arm and then hits him in the arm again, then hits him in the arm again, that boom, the arm falls off. And I was like, 
okay. And then uh, Sam asked him, he said, did you know that could happen? No. <laughs> well, and that and, and the way Bucky experiences all of that, not only did the Wakandans have a fail safe in case Bucky's mind ever went back into it, yeah. but the fact that Io then called him James, the it, it, their entire relationship fell apart. I can't like Io let him keep the arm, which is actually surprising to me. But when she was hitting him like that, like I just had flashbacks to Hot Rod. And when, if you know what I'm talking about, you know that scene. Uh, but Marky Mark, you didn't get a chance to talk about the Dora Milaje. I want to give you that chance. I, I think I was happy to see us be reminded how bad ass they are. Um, John Walker. I feel like each episode, it just shows how not suited for the role is he is. I don't know if maybe they didn't debrief him on everything that's happened in the Avengers storylines. Or just um, what Wakanda is, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I and then going back to the serum, it was real lucky of him that it didn't get crushed while he was getting his butt kicked um, in his pocket there. I was but, thinking about like into the Spider Verse where Miles has that sh that USB chip yeah. in his pocket and he falls down. Yeah. But I we have to talk about when the one soldier and if she has a character name, I Brian would have to know. But I love how everyone knows the right way to kick the shield up, yes. so that it ends oh, up on your arm. That was awesome. That and, was so cool. And she does that. I'm like, I do not know her name. I don't know if she has. One. I I just like fanboyed. I was like. And then um, when she was told to leave, leave it. it, I was I just like, was gonna take it. I'm not going to lie. It looked real good on her. <laughs> I, I hope there's some fan artwork made of that image of her with the spear and the shield. I think it looked beautiful, looked <laughs> great. And then when she just drops it and you just see the look on his face of like a little kid who lost their like favorite toy. <laughs> and it was given back, back to the him. cosplay comparison. Huh? Yeah. Oh, man. I don't even want to say that again because I feel like it's an insult to cosplayers. Um, but <laughs> that scene was great. You mm -hmm. just see Sam and, and Bucky like, we're going to watch this happen for a little bit for them to these guys to get a reality check. Oh, crap. We should probably do something. We're the good guys. Okay. And <laughs> I, I loved everything about that scene. Um, I think it'll be a scene that we definitely remember and talk about for a long time. I, if you had told me before this show came out that my favorite two scenes were going to be Wakanda specific, I would not have. Ooh, oh, good it, boy. But they are, yeah. they are like, yeah. that's, I love the second episode, but these two scenes are, are, are really what made this episode for me. Well, let's move on. Um, I believe the, the next topic is about Lamar and John. Oh no, no, no. Zemo <laughs> does. He pulled, he pulls a Loki with the Tesseract in Endgame. He just kind of sneaks <laughs> out and uh, he goes, oh, he goes, he goes yeah. down, but he pulls the El Chapo. Um, we talked about John Walker finding the serum, so we'll move on as well. Um, so we get in, we get a scene that felt out of place to me. I will say yeah. it. Um, I it 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 fulfills the the storyline that they need of getting Carly back with Sam. Um, but Dwayne, did this threat from Carly to Sam's sister work at all? Um, yeah, it did for me. I, uh, and okay. again, I, I'm an apologist a little bit. I'm really in love with the show, but, and so I'll just be honest. You, you know, were me with WandaVision, man. Everybody's going to come at you and you've yeah, got something and for everything. Okay. I love it. I love that's it. Okay. That's okay. Um, but Mark and I had a conversation about this because I, 
I maybe had a little different take on it than Mark did. And I kind of, I think Mark's probably right, but we were talking about this scene and talking about, you know, her quote unquote, her threat to Sarah, you know, Hey, uh, you know, I'll find you on the dock. You know, if you don't send it to Sam or, you know, maybe I'll come visit you at the dock and your kids and the whole thing. And then, you know, when they meet again, she tells Sam right away, Hey, I would never hurt, you know, your sister or kids. I, maybe being naive was taking that kind of almost at face value. I felt like maybe there was more, I don't know, maybe I'm giving Carly a little bit too much credit, like a redeeming quality. When Mark and I were talking about it, he said he, he believes 100% that she would go through with the threat. Yeah. It's oh, not so bad. I, I think we're going to see. Uh, I, 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 yeah. I, I'm with, I'm with Dwayne. Like I thought it was an empty threat. I did too. And I think we may get the answer to that in the next episode because I think, you know, we'll end up back probably there with Sarah because Sam's got some unfinished business there, obviously. So who knows? We may see that a little more. But um, I I actually enjoyed that scene um, and I felt it was okay. And I also um, liked, well, I don't know if like's not the right word. Um, I was interested by, and I'm interested here, maybe what a couple of you guys think about that moment when they're having that conversation and then Sharon chimes in in his ear, you know, because obviously she was watching John Walker and he was in route. But, you know, tell me, I mean, you guys tell me, you know, does that hold any significance to you? Does that solidify what you thought, you know, about Sharon? Uh, yes, 100%. She was okay. asked by Sam to keep an eye on John Walker, but ultimately she is, ful- or excuse me, John Walker is fulfilling the mission that the power broker wants and getting the serum back, getting right. Carly Morgenthau captured. Um, there's, there's the scene with Sharon on the, on the phone. She's walking through barriers. Nobody's even touching her. Those barriers are up to keep people out and she's right. walking right through them because she is, and she says, the power broker was mad. He, 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 like, okay. yeah. I will be 100% shocked if the power broker is anybody but Sharon, but Sharon Carter. Um, but getting back to, so Mark, let's talk about that. You, you see that as an absolute threat. And now it could be depending on how Sam treats this so, John Walker situation. Here's so, but so, but here's the, here's the problem with I have. I, I, I think that she is, um, she's very much corrupted by the serum. She accidentally kills Battlestar accidentally she it seems like she all of these things were giving her too much credit they happen but then we're like oh she didn't mean to do it she did mean to do it because she's been corrupted by the serum Mm -hmm. they are the worst elements of her that are coming out again and again and again and even in the conversation that she has with sam she is not completely in control of of her thoughts she is a ball of emotion and she cannot control her actions she just um she she has good intentions but like sam says I agree with what you're doing, but the way you're going about it, I can't get with. She is um, 100%. She means what she says in that. She might regret it later, but in that moment when she threatens her, it was way too specific to be a veiled threat. She says, I'm going to come and get, and she names the children. Mm -hmm. She gives them names on the dock. Yeah, Cass and Jaden, I think. it's It's not like it was an idle threat of, I'll just come and find you. In Louisiana, right. she said, "Like I'm going to come and get you on that dock. I'm going to come and get these two kids." You don't just say something like that if it's if it's veiled. And all I have to say is, if um, Noobmaster69, if you have Carly Morgenthau on your case, you're going to get found quick. 
<laughs> Wade Wilson, Ryan Reynolds, Ethan, anything about this, this interaction between Sam and Carly this time or the conversation Carly had with Sarah? Yeah, there's, there's only one language that they seem to understand. Uh, that is how I took this. I did take it as a, a true threat. I took her, uh, mm-hmm having the phone number, knowing the names, knowing the doc, knowing the location. I took that as, you know, she's not all, yeah, she's, 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 done her homework. she's done her homework. She knows what she's doing. She's a lot smarter than she's maybe letting on. Um, I think that she is compromised by the serum. There's definitely some vulnerability there and she's open to talking and, and expanding upon her feelings and where she's, where her head is really at. But uh, there's there's some confusion going on within not only I think her inner circle because I, I I don't have a real strong sense that that she's even the real ringleader but um, it, there's there's it's very interesting but I, I did enjoy the fact that they brought in something to Sam and I hope that this is the moment or within these few moments or within the next episode that we'll get Sam really showing off what he's capable of in terms of being a leader, in terms of being the person that, you know, he is destined to be or should be. So when I say I'm out on Carly Morgenthau, it is what Mark talked about of of being taken overtaken by emotion and everybody making excuses for her and then her. I think legitimately trying to say she felt bad or didn't mean to pull it off or anything like that. But I have to assume we have some VIP comments uh, talking about Carly Morgenthau. I, uh, I would hope. We do. So Frankie said she blew up those people with no problem. So I think absolutely she would go after Sarah if provoked. Uh, Brian revisited the concept of the, uh, the power broker. He believes that the power broker is Ross. And Patrick says, I still don't understand where John and Lamar were going in all of this in a completely different area of the city when Carly was with Sam. Ross being the power broker, Sharon Carter working for Ross, CIA connections, Ross and the Thunderbolts. Man, I, I don't hate it. Um, I still think it's Sharon, but I could I could connect those dots. Um, Marky Mark, anything on, on Carly here? Other than when Carly and Sam are facing off and then all of a sudden they fly away and Carly's mask all of a sudden just appears on her face. That was, that was, that was super frustrating to me. Um, Marky Mark, anything you got here before we move on to the climax of the episode? I, I did think the pacing for that was very clunky where, all right. Um, she threatens the sister Sam organizes a couple things. They get suited up real quick, get to her. They have a chat about her threatening her sister coming at him like that. And, you know, it was just quick, quick. Okay. Oh, nope. We're going to fight. And then we're going to get to John Walker. It just, that felt like it didn't flow. I, I wish maybe the conversation had more depth when Sam could talk to her about her threatening his sister, but that didn't work for me. I, 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 I think Carly is trying to still think of herself as a good person, but I think the reality of who she is now is coming out and it's, it's not a good person. Yeah. The serum amplifies what's already there. So good becomes great. Bad becomes worse. She's not red skull, but uh, she's just got the same color hair. That's all I'm going to say. Um, so 
I'm, I'm sorry. That was bad. Where? Um, so we've got John Walker. He has taken the serum. And like I said, some, some people, Brian Ferguson included, do not think they wish they would have seen it. I like how it gradually kind of came on throughout this scene. And then the guy comes flying down the stairs and then Walker bends that pipe. I think that was, and then that's when Sam realizes it too. And he says, what did you do? They have Lamar. Lamar's tied up. Lamar makes his his way out. Um, but I, I, I don't know. Like we get the end of Lamar Hoskins, and Mark said he saw it coming. I didn't see it coming. I was hopeful for Lamar Hoskins after this series. And I mean, they could come in next week and say Lamar's like in a coma or something like that, which would make John Walker's actions even that much more horrifying because it would have been a little premature. I think, um, I think Lamar's moment so much. I, well, I, think yeah. it would, I think it would too. But at the same time, if you have something that is what causes John Walker to snap and it wasn't even worthy of, of that, it would be an interesting play. I do think Lamar Hoskins is, is, is dead. no longer with us. I, yeah, yeah I think, don't. I think he's dead. Um, but before we talk about that final scene, does anybody have anything on this, this battle in the building with Lamar's death? Uh, so Brian, Brian Ferg says, uh, he said earlier, he doesn't know, is he dead? Question mark. Um, I, I do think he's dead. Mm-hmm. I don't think that we need, I don't think that we needed a, a, like words there to pronounce him dead. I think the way that John reacts in that scene, his, his body language, the fact that we kind of see him expire or what looks like he expires. I think that was enough to infer that he's gone, that he's yeah. gone. I, I assume he's dead as well. So yeah, the, um, the, the, the classic like dead death, like movement that he does was a little, yeah, the dramatic, last head, the last little, head drop, yeah. a little too dramatic for me, but overall, I, hey, you're not the death wasn't as sad as it could have been, guy. That's below you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I thought we were. I thought we were going to get a lot more TikTok memes out of out of that death sequence than we got. Uh, it's only been like 36 hours. So well, I called. I called Dwayne. I was sure that we were going to get the the audio that used audio. The that brother gone. That one. I thought we were going to get that one a lot with him. You're a horrible human being. Speaking of horrible human beings, let's let's wrap it up with the final shot of this episode we get john walker he has blood on his hands he has blood on his shield it was 100 intended to look just like that scene from civil war when tony is using the sh- or excuse me when steve is using the shield in the same manner when he is fighting against tony and he looks like he's going for tony's head and tony covers it and he takes out the arc reactor of the suit because Steve knows how to control his emotions. John Walker does not. Um, we see an entire group of dozens and dozens of people with Carly Morgenthau just out in the open. Um, sitting around. But that sh- bystanders not doing anything to help the man. Well, I mean, I wouldn't have jumped in either. I will say that right now. But um, they were all we- filming. Camera phones galore of seeing this symbol and this man just, just, yes, it's tainted. He is, and the, the, that final shot we get with the camera angle up, making him just standing like a goon. He looks like straight out of the walking dead. Um, 
let's is, let's wrap up our final thoughts on the episode. We'll start with Mark Valentine. Is the shield so? He, here's what here's what I as I watched that scene. Here's what I thought to myself. It's number brutal. one, number one, it was it was brutal. Is the shield going to get pulled from him? Is he going to go from being Captain America to being to being U.S. agent after this? Um, because because of the blowback that that has to come. Like you can't. You can't have that scene play out. People are taping. It's a bad look for the government. It's a bad look for for Captain America. Disagree. Disagree completely. Secondly, what? Um, secondly, I think that this is now uh, a big event for for Sam to realize there's only there's only one way that that shield can be redeemed, and that's got it's got to go to the right person. And so I think that this is going to be the beginning of the realization for Sam to realize like I have to take the shield. There's only one guy that can restore the shield at this point. I have to be it's it's sad that I I love that icon. I love it. And for me to see the blood on that shield, um it really it hit home. That shield is stained literally figuratively. It has been diminished as a symbol because of what was done. Um there's only one guy now that can redeem that shield for me and it's and it is Sam. When I say when I say I disagree, I wholeheartedly agree with that they have to remove the shield from him. But I think where it's headed is the government's going to try to save face and they're going to take it from him. And you're going to have a lot, a lot of people saying that the government was wrong because who did he kill? He killed a flag smasher terrorist who had just blown up a GRC building. Yep. And I think you're going to have a big political argument that's going to come out of this. And I think that that's where it's headed. I think the government's going to try to save face and take the shield from him. I don't think he's going to play nice. And I think you're going to have plenty of the population that believe that John Walker did the right thing. It's not going to be black and white. Yeah, the comments are blowing no up. No pun intended. No, the com- well, the comments are blowing up right now as we're talking about this. Brian says, finally, another anti-hero. Frankie says, that scene is going to be forever ingrained within the MCU and killing a guy who admired Captain America. Um, Brian, well, you know, they didn't know that, but yeah. yeah. Uh, Brian, when Deadpool kills someone bad, it's okay. Uh, Sam has earned it though. He says there is no doubt about that. And then Esther was was fanning hard. Now she stands for Deadpool. She said Deadpool all the way. <laughs> Dwayne, how did you experience the scene? Uh, it was it was shocking. I think it was probably the easy to me. I mean, I I, we, I knew there was going to be you know a big climax to that whole fight and everything else but uh and when i say shocking you know the death was i mean it was dark uh i mean he just you know three and four times you know he's jamming that shield through him and when they show john walker and he's got blood over his ear by the helmet and blood all over you know and the guy's hand flops over with the blood and he's you know i mean it it was shocking and uh it literally you know obviously the title of the, the episode, the whole world is watching. That's the other thing, you know, like you said, everybody's standing around. Everybody's got their phones out. Carly's standing out in the open, staring with her eyes bugged out, you know, um, Sam and Bucky roll up and they see it. I mean, it was just, the other thing was like Mark said, the, the shield itself, the icon of the shield. And then they do that cut. And it's not just, I mean, not to be graphic, but it's like chunky, like the blood. You know what I mean? It's like yeah, it's it's a, it's a nasty, it, gory yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like chunky blood on the shield, and it's it it was it did exactly what it was meant to do. 
you know, it was shocking. It was dramatic. Mm -hmm. And it, it just, it sets us up for these last two episodes to me to be great. Ethan. I, all right, I'm going to find the good in this, 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 this episode. And this was probably the moment that I sort of foresaw coming. I, I I did think that this, you know, this Captain America was going to show his true colors. This was definitely it. Um, the music that went along with him, sort of, John, just sort of going to this clinically insane like moments and and, and killing this man, uh, really just build up the 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 sort of ah, man. I, I think of movies like you know Psycho and and Jaws, where you have this big moment and all of a sudden this music just sort of hits you. Um, so the music was phenomenal. The acting, I don't know. There's, there's still something about him and, and it, wearing that costume, wearing the shield that just doesn't sit well with me. Um, so it, it's just so different. It's so me neither. If it makes it, you feel better. Well, that's good. <laughs> but, um, it could be by design. Yeah. And I think maybe that's, that's exactly it, Dwayne. I, I, I think it very well could be, it's, it's very off-putting. It's very strange. And again, I hope that someone like Sam, who's, who was chosen, uh, you know, I hope that he saw it, sees this and goes, man, I, I messed up. I need to step up and be, and I said it before, but he needs to be the leader. So intense scene. I think they could have done a little bit more. I thought, you know, it was dark, but I think it could have been darker um, because I definitely like the moment <laughs> spoken as a man who doesn't have to watch this with children. Yeah. I need to see brains. <laughs> Ethan, have you, can I introduce you to the DC universe? Is that sure. all? Well, Game of Thrones did a great job with stuff like that. <laughs> Marky Mark, I'm going to give you the final word. Um, I, I don't think Sam is Captain America yet. I think he saw the scene and definitely is like the shield doesn't belong. It doesn't belong to me, but it doesn't belong to them or who them are who decide who needs to have it. So I think Sam right there, like it's, it definitely clicked with him finally that he's the only one who can really be trusted with the shield. I don't believe he's had that captain America click just yet, but let's not forget when, the one Hydra agent shot Bucky on the train. Steve Rogers didn't go on a um, killer rampage on the train and kill all of Hydra. You know, he didn't forget who he was inside. So right there was a difference between the two men. Um, I, Brian, you did. That is, that is a good point that you made that. Who did he actually kill? It's as the U.S. government sees as terrorists, so Captain America killed a terrorist. So why? I I think they will say, you know, hey, maybe our practices weren't the best, but we are here to stop the flag smashers from causing more harm. They are the true criminals here. Um, they are not the victims. These people have killed other people. They can definitely spin it. I didn't think about that. I thought it was like a slam dunk that, oh, man. Now he's going to lose the shield for sure, but I, I think Brian's right. The government could easily, I mean, let's face it, the American people could be easily swayed to see that, is he really a bad guy in this situation? So, Thanks, I Satan. hate, 
I hate that it's a question now, but man, Brian, you planted that seed. And I, I'm going to mentally prepare myself for the next episode where they maybe secretly tell him like, seriously for this bad PR, but they don't demote him just yet. I don't, I think Brian's got a point. Well, we get that answer next week. We've got two episodes left left of this show. I think we're going to get a little more action that Ethan wants. I do hope Batrock the Leaper makes a, a return oh, at yeah. least at some point in the show. Um, Joaquin Torres, this was the first episode. His name was never mentioned or voice never heard. So we've still got a lot um, still going on. And the Sharon Carter power broker reveal. Um, I think it's it's all still coming. So we got two weeks left. We want to thank the VIPs in our yes. in our chat tonight. Again, if you want to be one of those VIPs, these these tape recordings could be a little more common in the future. If you want to be part of it, join this Diz Life uh, group on Facebook. Um, there's a lot of fun conversations that happen in there. We want to thank everybody for joining us. Dwayne, our special guest tonight, and the rest of the weirdos, the Wolf of Main Street, Ethan, Marky Mark from United We Fan, my co-host, and Mark Valentine. Gentlemen, for the children. For the children. For the children. For the children. <laughs>